Show me the science with Professor Luke O'Neill. Hello, Luke O'Neill here, and welcome to my show, Me the Science Podcast. This week, uh, now get ready, it's the science of predicting death. I can hear you all going, that's a bit depressing for the guy who's meant to be optimistic, but science never shirks. And we're very interested in death as a scientific process. And in fact, in, in my book, um, Never Mind the B Words, there's a whole chapter on death and what happens when you die and how the body de- decomposes and all kinds of things. So it's a fascinating thing scientifically. But this particular thing, I came across a thing a couple of days ago, actually, on how, how you can predict death. In other words, if I measure someone, if, if I'm a doctor and someone comes into my surgery and can I measure things, can I tell when they're going to die? Uh, and, and incredibly, that's got much more accurate, this prediction of death. And of course... If you know if someone's going to die, you might treat them and save them in various ways. Uh, so it can be a very useful thing. Now, remember, if you pick up your iPhone and you scroll down all the dates, you will eventually pass a date. That'll be the day you will die. Cheery and all as it might be. You just haven't filled it in yet, you know, because we're all going to die, aren't we? And I, I'm hoping if I flick down, I might get to 2040. And maybe that's the year I die if I'm lucky. But you never know. It can happen any time. So we're all going to die. It's a very sobering reality, you see, that we have to kind of confront. We don't, we don't want to think about it too much, obviously, but still, it is part. death is very much part of life. And this study, get this, because it's so unlikely and mind-blowing in its own way. They looked at 100,655 people. Now, as you know, I'm a great guy for the numbers. The more numbers of people looked at, the more likely the result is correct. And they measured various things in them, right? And they tried to predict when they were going to die. And over the course of five years, they were measured, right? And 2% of these people died in the five-year period. Now, they were middle-aged to older people. And of course, they wondered those who died, was that predictable in various ways? And there was one amazing thing came out of the study. They put these little wristbands on all of them and they measured their level of activity. And they were trying to correlate if you're lazy, you know, and you don't take enough exercise, that'll increase your risk of death. If you take too much exercise, that might increase your risk of death as well. And they were trying to correlate basically activity uh, to risk of dying. And you won't believe it. All they needed to measure was six minutes of walking in people, right? Measured with this wrist monitor thing. And the nature of the data from the walking could predict the risk of death over the next five years. And they got a quite an accurate prediction based on what they were measuring. So, for example, they could measure if you, if you walk slowly, that was a bad one. Now, they were measuring this over the course of five years and it would average out. They also noticed that people who became breathless while they walked, for instance, that became a predictor. Uh, the type of walk the gait and various things. It's complicated, but they were able to get a series of measurements from a six-minute walk to predict the likelihood of you dying in the next five years. And if several of these variables were there and and a high score on them, I guess, you were going to die within five years. They think it was partly to do with heart disease. Because obviously, the way, way we exercise and the way we move, uh, some of that is reflective of how active our hearts are when there is any heart damage or whatever it might be. And the ones who are walking in a certain way or at a certain pace, that was a predictor of a heart attack potentially, I think. But they don't really know. I mean, what gets me is it's just six minutes of data. So they took six minute, six minute periods at the same time each day and they noticed data from that six minutes of walking was able to be used as a predictor of death. Now, does this mean we should all be wearing these wristbands? Maybe, you know, and then we all walk for six minutes and then the data goes in and then the computer spits out your risk of dying in, within the next sort of two, three, four years or whatever it is. Maybe that's what some of the future will hold. We'll have ways of predicting our death. Now, of course, what's important here is, let's say that monitor is predicting heart disease. Go and see your doctor and get your heart checked and that might stop you having a heart attack. That might be the most, most useful thing of all here, really, in a sense. Uh, the second thing is, if your exercise pattern was too aggressive... 
and that links into something else, don't be overdoing it. So in other words, the wrist device might be linked into your iPhone to tell you what to do, you know, just in case there's a risk of you dying in the next few months or whatever it might be. So that might be one use for this. And it's very much a work in progress to try and figure out what what this all might mean. And then having read that study, then uh, I, I came across a second study that was really interesting. It was done in Denmark. And you can't beat the Danes for this kind of thing. One of my big uh, phrases is, for nearly every metric when it comes to health, the Scandinavians beat us. The Danes are always at the top of all these league tables of numbers of doctors and all kinds of things. Uh, But still, done in Denmark, 7.4 million people. Again, a massive study. Uh, Between the year 2000 and 2018, they looked at death in that population, basically. 14% of the people being examined died in that period. And, of course, they could look into the records. What did they die of? Could they have predicted that death? You see, it's it's called a retrospective study, so it's not ideal. But even still, they could look into all that data. And 37 diseases were examined. Okay, So it's a very exhaustive study. If you have liver disease... You would only live an average of seven years. So that's the first thing that they spot in this study. If you have severe allergy, like a really bad asthma, you will live on average 17 years from diagnosis. Now, this, that's, that's a long enough time, I suppose. But the data was so accurate, they could take disease X and tell you how that would affect your life on average. Now, clearly, if you're a heavy smoker, you might die more quickly, you know. So that's why the population size of 7.4 million is so important, because these things even out. But the numbers became very robust in this particular study based on the type of illness and then your risk of death. Now, of course, that would mean treat the asthma and you live for longer. With liver disease, try and treat that, you know, and that would extend your lifetime. I mean, it's, 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 these studies are obvious in a way. Um, and it's been happening in cancer, as anybody would know. If you're diagnosed with cancer, you'll ask your doctor, how long have I got, doc? You know, uh, because they can predict these things from cancer mainly. But this study of 37 diseases is very useful. And you can go in and have a look if you like. And you, if, you, if, you have, if you do have a disease, you can say, oh, look, how long will I last with that disease? And it can be 20, 30, 40 years, remember. But any disease will take you know, years off your life because of the pressure on your body. And some diseases are much worse than others, obviously, for that, including cancer being the great example. And then um, there's also uh, interesting studies on the risk of death from various things, okay? And I love this because it's a, it, it can be slightly witty in a way. Um, if you do certain things, will that increase your risk of dying? Or if you have certain diseases, will that increase your risk of dying as well? And again, a massive amount of data has gone in, millions and millions of people, and it's the risk of dying from either an activity or a disease, right? Now, if I explain risk to you, because some people don't get what risk is, and it's quite hard to understand, it's the increased risk of something happening in a certain length of time is what this is about. Let me give you the example of, of Russian roulette. Now, now that's a game that nobody should play, obviously. You get a gun and you put bullets in it, right? If the, if, the, if, the, if the chamber of the gun or whatever, where the bullets go, if you put a bullet in every single one of those, you have a 100% chance of dying if you fire that gun into your head because there's a bullet in every, every chamber, right? If you have, say, five bullets out of six chambers and one is empty, that decreases your risk of dying by one in six because there's a chance that when you spin the thing around an empty chamber will be there and then no bullet hits you and then if you say four bullets out of six again two of the chambers are empty and you double your chance of survival because there's two less bullets in the chamber and that's what this is about it's the risk of dying from something so a fully loaded gun in roulette Russian roulette uh, you've got 100% of dying uh, a, 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 a 80% full gun if you will you're decreasing your chance of, of death by 20% or decreasing your risk by 1 in 5 of dying you see 
um, you've got a one-on-one -on -one chance of dying if the gun is full, which means you're going to die. And that's the idea of risk, okay? Now, let's look at some of these situations and the risk of dying from them. So, riding a bike, which we all do, uh, not all of us, but many do, the statistics are you've got a one in 3,396 3, chance of dying if you ride a bike. Now, that's, by the way, a very low, low risk. Like someone says, oh, I'm not going to ride a bike now because there's a risk of dying. There is a risk of dying, but it's tiny. I mean, very few people mercifully die from riding a bike. If you go out in a storm, on a stormy night with lots of lightning, you have a 1 in 359 chance of dying. Again, that's small. It sounds like a lot, but it's small. And us humans have trouble understanding risk. You know, we, don't, we, we, we want zero risk, but nothing comes with no risk at all, remember. And, and we saw that most of all, that notion of risk with the vaccines for COVID, as you all remember. There is a risk from vaccines. Of course there is. Maybe there's a 1 in 10,000 chance of some adverse event. But the truth of it is, uh, you decrease your risk of dying of COVID by 1 in a million by taking the vaccine or whatever. So the risk of something harmful and the benefit, it's really in favour of the benefit, you see. And it's, it's hard for us to grasp that some, I'm, I'm not taking the vaccine, there's a risk of me getting a heart attack. You know? But you've got to tell them, in a population, it decreases your risk massively of dying overall, you know. And again, that, that's where the risk business becomes quite, quite serious, I guess, uh, when you look at things like vaccines or indeed any medicines. Now, what about a bee sting? Now today, Kira is the producer, I bet she wants to know about bee stings. <laughs> Well, we all do. Um, you have a one in... Kira, you're going to be okay. If there's a bee in this room, and I don't think there is one, you have a one in 57,000 chance of dying from a bee sting, which is really low. And that's people who are allergic to the stuff in the bee sting. And it's extremely rare to be allergic to bee stings. So that's one we needn't worry about too much. Now, when we move into things like other things like motorbike riders, that is a one in 799 chance, which is still pretty low. But compared to a bicycle, which is one in 3,000, roughly, that's, that's a, more, a more dangerous thing. But it's not huge. We worry about teenagers and people in their 20s on motorbikes. And parents often go, oh, don't get on a motorbike. You know, I don't want my son or daughter having a bike. But the truth is, it's quite a low risk, one in 799, uh, which is good. The risk of drowning in any situation is oh, just over one in 1,000. So again, it's pretty rare that you might drown if you go swimming in the sea. Now, of course, what's important here is you can avoid, you can lower the risk even more. And if you're a motorbike rider, don't be going fast. Make sure you wear a helmet, you know. In the case of drowning, learn how to swim. That will certainly decrease your risk of drowning. Or wear a wetsuit, whatever it is, or a buoyancy aid. That, the risk really goes to almost zero in that situation, you know. So these risks can be um, attenuated, is the word we use, by taking various measures. Now, the next one then is a car crash. There's a one in a hundred chance. And now we're getting a bit higher, aren't we? And we know how common car crashes are so that's a more serious one but again you can mitigate against it in various ways just being a pedestrian walking down the street you have a 1 in 451 chance of dying overall right now again you can try to do things to avoid you getting knocked over but still there is a risk of walking down the street of 1 in 451 now again let's look at that for a minute if I tell you you've got a 1 in 10,000 chance of being harmed by a vaccine and you have a 1 in 451 chance of dying as a pedestrian you can see how the vaccine is extremely safe because we all walk down the street and very few people are harmed by being pedestrians. You know, so try and keep those things in mind as well. And then more seriously, um, the heart disease. If you have heart disease, there's a one in six chance of dying soon. 
in a time frame and that goes back to my Danish study you know if you're diagnosed with a heart condition that increases your risk of death obviously cancer overall is a one in seven chance of dying um, now some cancers are treatable so it's a bit of a you know crude number there but still being diagnosed with cancer will increase your risk of dying to one in seven and these are more serious things and of course we can treat them and hopefully you know decrease that risk of death through various medicines so all those different things can be combined into a big, big algorithm and give your overall risk of dying in a given in a given set of circumstances you see now you might want to know this and that's fine uh, definitely go to your doctor if you worry about your health and your GP will say you may have a risk of developing disease X but here's a medicine to stop that risk that's why medicines were invented or here's a vaccine to decrease your risk of dying of flu or COVID so always get medical advice if you're worried about these things in terms of all these activities you've got to live your life get on your bicycle you know go out in a storm if you like motorbikes go out in them but be aware of these risks and then take precautions to try and decrease the risk of being harmed by these things and live your life many people worry the whole time and won't do things my advice is keep doing things it's very important for your mental health for a start don't worry about these risks if you are worried about them you can control them in various ways and then you feel more empowered to deal with these risks and then the other final thing to say would be maybe get one of these wristbands now I'm not sure I want my wristband to tell me my risk of dying in the next five years with a bleep on my phone am I measuring me walking for six minutes I don't really like the idea of that so I mightn't get the wristband but, and, and there's endless monitoring of things in our bodies isn't, isn't there with all these um, technologies I, that, that probably distracts you and might, might stress you out too much but if you fancy it you can get access to this wristband and it will give you your risk of dying in the next five years based on six minutes of walking who would have thought it and, and overall then um, th- this is an area that's absolutely moving forward the whole time um, actuaries love to know these things for example and people need to know and especially for, for, for decreasing the death rate using various measures so this area of the technology of the risk of death is a very very active area we'll see more and more developments and I may come back to it in a few months and give you an update so there you have it the science of predicting death don't be worrying live your life as best you can and I hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast the risk of dying from listening to my podcast is one in a gazillion okay so no worries there (laughs) so thanks for listening Uh, and my podcast is out every Thursday and it's a news talk production and all the very best